Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to The Spark Parade, a show where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at Spark Parade on all social media. Thank you ever so much for joining me. Uh, Happy New Year! I mean, I know the year isn't very new anymore, but this is the first Spark Parade of 2023, so I'm going to say Happy New Year anyway. Hope you had a lovely little break. I sure did. But uh, now it's time to get back to business, and I've got an incredible guest to kick things off. DJ and producer and recording artist Amtrak spoke to me about his Spark John Carpenter's incredible stone-cold classic film, Escape from New York. Uh, It was an incredible chat for me because we all know how much I love to get nerdy about genre films, and that's especially true with John Carpenter because he's fucking incredible. So let's just dive right in, shall we? Quick Amtrak facts. The Kentucky-born and Los Angeles-based artist, DJ, producer, remixer, and multi-instrumentalist Caleb Cornett, better known as Amtrak, made his formal debut onto the scene in 2011 with his album Came Along. The album elevated Amtrak to the cutting edge of electronic music. In its wake, he amassed an acclaimed catalog of originals and remixes. His new album, Extra Time, is out this Friday, February 3rd. Quick Escape from New York facts. Escape from New York is a science fiction action film co-written, co-scored, and directed by John Carpenter. It stars Kurt Russell, Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine, Donald Pleasance, Isaac Hayes, Adrian Barbeau, and Harry Dean Stanton. The film was made in 1981, and it is set in a near-future world of 1997. It concerns a crime-ridden United States, which has converted Manhattan Island in New York City into the country's sole maximum security prison. Air Force One is hijacked by anti-government insurgents who deliberately crash it into the walled borough. Ex-soldier and current federal prisoner Snake Plissken, played by Kurt Russell, is given just 24 hours to go in and rescue the President of the United States, after which, if successful, he will be pardoned. Escape from New York was a critical and commercial success and has gone on to become a cult classic. And there you have it. Let's strut across to the main event. Here comes my chat with Amtrak about Escape from New York. 
So first port of call here is always uh, your origin story with, with whatever we're talking about. So do you remember seeing Escape from New York for the first time or getting turned on to it? I would say, yeah, when I was a younger child. I don't remember like the year or anything, but my dad was always putting me on to like early action movies. I remember walking into Terminator 2 and he was like, you can't see this. It's like, you're too, you're too young for this. But probably from that point on, I was very like, uh, inspired and like loved film and uh yeah john carpenter was like an early one because escape from new york i saw that when i was younger followed by halloween and yeah that was uh, deeper cuts came a lot later but those were the first two that i saw that i was very much into one of the big things with john carpenter is like he scores his own films and uh that's something i didn't know at the time but, I mean, I really enjoyed the soundtrack and I've always been a soundtrack guy in general from when I was a really young kid. But, uh, that one in particular was like really heavy with the synthesizers in the eighties, uh, like Roland sound and come to later find out it was all him. So being that he directs his movies and has a vision for the sound, I think adds like a huge, uh, pool for me that just like I resonate with and, uh, yeah, when I first saw that movie, it was just like kind of mind-blowing that it all fit together so well. And I think part of that is because he dictates what happens with the audio and like the feeling of the mood. He can like really capture that and like, yeah, I resonate with that a lot. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, there's a, a billion YouTube videos that you can see of people removing the music, especially from horror movies where it's like, it just drains all the tension out of it and makes it so that like the, you know, the music kind of dictates the emotional life of a movie so much or helps to like guide you towards what the, the director's intention is with the emotion. And to have, you know, normally because it's separate people doing those jobs, it's like a director kind of trying to dictate to a composer how they should dictate the emotion to the audience and when you take out the middleman and you know he writes a lot of his movies too so he's doing everything um yeah, he's full on yeah and it's incredible i mean also he's so prolific like looking at his output during that time it's almost a movie a year so and they're all pretty on point there's not yeah. like a big miss there they're all just a great like very humorous at times some of them are a little more serious, but like they live, uh, assault on precinct 13, uh, Prince of darkness. Uh, it's the one about the books and Sutter Kate. That's uh, uh, in the mouth of madness. That's like probably number two for me. I'd say escape from New York has to be number one just because of, I mean, there's so many factors, the all-star casts, you got like Lee Van Cleves, Donald Pleasance, Isaac Hayes. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Mm -hmm. it's, it's just crazy. Like, I, I love that movie so much. But I think uh, In the Mouth of the Madness is the hit gin that, like, should be talked about more than it is. Like, that, dare I say it, if it ever got a remake, could be very special. But I don't know if it needs a remake. But it's just the plot of that movie is so, yeah, it's, it's a great one. Yeah. And I, I just think it's, you know, such a different landscape for horror and what is possible with horror now than it was in the nineties. And, um, yeah, I, I love that movie too. And the like combining 
everything that I love about John Carpenter with all of this HP Lovecraft stuff is incredible. It hints at like the Stephen King era mm. of like the novelist and stuff too. It's like it's just special. Yeah. yeah, yeah, incredible. I, I rewatched that not too long ago. That woman on the bike is insane. Like terrible and amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, not to get too far into his entire output. Um, you know, we'll we'll focus on on uh, the movie at hand uh, momentarily. But uh, like you said, the thing, Halloween, the fog, Christine. Big Trouble in Little China, even Starman is a little, you know, cheesy, but I still love it. Prince of Darkness, They Live, and then In the Mouth of Madness, blah, blah, blah. I think until probably Escape from L.A., um, uh, which to me at least started to kind of be a, a, little a dip in quality. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't um, say dip in quality, but just different era of like, because it's special in its own right. Like John Carpenter's Vampires as well as like a masterpiece i don't know if you've seen that one that was, mm-hmm. that, that's when he was starting to get into the twangy guitar stuff too with like his yeah. son and it's great yeah yeah but yeah back to escape from new york we can focus on one for now yeah and i mean i think it's also kind of special in his career because even though he had done assault on precinct 13 and halloween and the fog all these movies that made money he still was like a new director who had to kind of prove himself there there you know he wasn't like um somebody who could just do anything that he wanted to and this movie being such such a huge success kind of set him on the path of being a studio director and making being expected to make these big hit movies that everybody loved and still kind of having this low budget diy aesthetic in some places like you know obviously having to, having to use a lot of practical effects because of you know it just being the 80s um but yeah just still being kind of at the beginning of his, his career and producing something that's this you know amazing and has stood the test of time and and still resonates with people you know 40 years later it's it's pretty amazing it's, it's a classic modern day classic uh, also i was a big video game guy growing up and uh metal gear solid was like i got that when i was in like maybe middle school and i was obsessed with that game and then put two and two together that snake plissken the main character in the game is based off of kurt russell's character in uh, escape from new york so that just kind of came full circle to gave more like love to the project and the, the movie and yeah it's got a very like cult following at this point so yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it too. A lot of people finding out about it from that game. So, yeah, yeah, and it's the influence has popped up in all different places, and that character, like uh, Snake Plissken, is such a an iconic action character, and just that has that the idea of that kind of character has become like an action trope because he's. It, the, the presence, the the shadow of that character has fallen so far across so many Hollywood films. So yeah, like a huge cultural impact, but also just the way it was filmed. Like I think it was in most of it's St. Louis, like there's an old like burned out part of St. Louis where all of these buildings were abandoned and it, you know, looked like this, what could be this futuristic, you know, uh, New York being penal colony. Jail. Yeah. Yeah. 
remember getting the, I played a festival in uh, Detroit called Movement Festival. Downtown Detroit is still kind of, I mean, it's coming back now, but back maybe five, six years ago, I think is where I played this festival, but it lets out in downtown. The festival's on the water, like on the river. And you walk through this just desolate cityscape where they're like all these skys, not skyscrapers, but very large buildings where uh, just desolate. And it just reminded me of that too. It's how quick it came to my mind. I was like, this is like a state from New York or in the city. There's like no one here. It's really dark. And yeah, it's like he created such a mood with that movie that like it just resonates with a lot of different times and things. Time for a quick break because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here. But we'll be right back. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And like, apparently, I mean, obviously it was almost all night shoots because basically the whole movie takes place at night. And I read an interview with John Carpenter where he was talking about that time period and he was like, you know, going to work at 7 p.m. and getting home as the sun was coming up. And he's like, I, I didn't see daylight basically for the entire shoot. Um, and it just sounds pretty grueling, but it kind of added to the sense of like, danger and chaos that everybody was kind of out of their mind having turned into like uh, completely nocturnal animals love that yeah it's pretty cool and then also you know talking again about the the special effects like some of it obviously hasn't aged very well because that happens with all special effects but just stuff like showing the grid over the city like trying to kind of emulate uh an 80s you know, computer um map of new york and that was all practical too that they built a model and put white tape on it and put a black light over it to make it look like it was uh like computerized grid which i thought was amazing so i still pulled from that with like like the recent uh ep art or the single art i just put out is like i wouldn't even say we brought that up as it's inspired by that but it's like that green line grid showing like a so but his face it's like a digital replication of something but it, that is like all probably derived from 
that being that I love that image and like those, the green lines with the black background and just being like this aesthetic. Also my last single before that was called extra time. There's like this hauntingly like uh, computer voice over it that says extra time. And it's almost exactly the voice in the beginning of Escape from New York, where she's like explaining like the maximum security prison, 1980, like this is, and that stuck with me as well. But yeah, it was just like a text to speech thing. But yeah, that movie, uh, it's done a lot for my creative, uh, I don't know what I would say, creative juju or something. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, you know, it's a huge testament to the staying power of this movie and of just John Carpenter's work in general, that he's had this enormous impact on culture and those individual images where these things, you know, it's like a five minute part of this movie that came out decades and decades ago, but it just really sticks with you. And like you said, I mean, just going back to the music, I can listen to soundtracks to his films on their own and I'm not like a big, I don't listen to film scores necessarily when it's like orchestral music. Um, but the music that he's created for all of his films is so hugely influential, not just for filmmakers, but for musicians all over the place, because it's so, it really does stand on its own. And it isn't just, you know, evocative of the feelings that he's trying to infuse into the films but definitely hones in on like a theme song like every movie he does has a theme song and i think he takes a lot of time in creating that and then the rest of the score i feel like derives or comes from that i could be wrong i don't know but how he like how he starts but the theme matches the rest of the soundtrack but the theme always has like every element everything else he uses and escape of new york's like my favorite one it's just like magical synth wonderland but obviously halloween is probably his biggest like most noteworthy theme song but yeah sultan precinct 13 that one's mental that whole era right there when he was heavy into the synths i like cater towards obviously that's my forte but yeah those two are in particular are just like crazy but yeah the president is gone is a song off of escape from new york i really like the duke arrives is one that I really like. And then the crazies come out is the one that's just full mental insanity. Like I don't even know how he made half the sounds in that one, but yeah, that across the board, that whole soundtrack is, uh, I wouldn't even like put it as a soundtrack. It like is a record. Like you could listen to it and just be like, this is wild. What is this? Totally. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's what I mean. Like, you know, you put on a, a normal orchestral film score at a party and people are like, what is going on here? Um, or, you know, they might recognize it and go like, is this the score to Amelie? What are we listening to? And with this, it's like, it wouldn't feel out of place to me. Especially around Halloween. I think it would work very well. Oh, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's super amazing. But also going back to the casting, when there's like, you know, cast of legends, all of these famous faces popping up. But thinking about this being really the movie that put Kurt Russell on the map as well, that, you know, he'd done a lot of Disney movies and was famous ish, but not somebody who was like taken seriously as a leading man, especially not as an action star. And this role 
was so iconic and he became so associated with it that again, it's a testament to the power of this movie that people just believed that this was him. I would argue, you know, he said, oh, I stayed on in character on set. And it's like, when you've seen other Kurt Russell movies, I'm like, you know, he's kind of variations of himself in every movie. I don't know that there's a lot of character development in what he does. That's, you know, me being an actor and just being judgmental. But um, but he's so charismatic. Like, I think, you know, there are actors and there are movie stars and sometimes that Venn diagram overlaps, but he's like an incredible movie star. And just the way that he handles the kind of dry humor and like it, it just fits so well. He's so perfect in that role. I mean, even the people he was having to work with on that was probably intimidating to him because it's like, Lee Van Cleef, uh, Ernest Borgnine, like those guys are just like absolute legends and Harry Dean Stanton for that matter. Like he's one of my favorites of all time, but also John Carpenter and Harry Dean, well, John Carpenter moved to Bowling Green, Kentucky, like later in his life and then went to school at Western University, which I'm from Kentucky. So that always kind of stuck with me too, once I found that out. But Harry Dean's from, uh, Kentucky as well, like RIP. But, yeah. Yeah. Just a great, great. And this, yeah, it's great cast. What yeah. can you say? I could talk about Harry Dean Stanton for hours. Like I know he was, you know, in his nineties when he died. And even then it was just like, oh, too soon. Yeah. What's going on? Um, He's a good dude. Yeah. And somebody who, again, you know, not to go off on another tangent, but the number of, my favorite directors who he worked with the number of films and TV shows that he's been in that are like cornerstones of my taste and my, you know, film and TV life. Yeah. Pretty incredible. And his, you know, personal life as well is wild, but yeah, having all of those people. And like you said, Isaac Hayes, um, just like kind of unexpected people being thrown in, but, um, all, it all works very well. Him with the chandeliers on the front of the car is like one of the most iconic shots ever when he pulls up. It's just like, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And also just for me, like being a New Yorker, seeing any movie that's like, you know, about New York being turned into a prison and a like violent hellscape. Um, I, you know, I mean, I live in contemporary New York and not in 70s and 80s New York, which is, was definitely a different thing. But even though most of it is not in New York, it still makes me feel really excited. Any, you know, I know a lot of stuff is filmed in New York, so I have a wealth of opportunities to be excited about seeing stuff that was filmed here. But yeah, I just really love the the world that he built, the New York that he built. Um, it was really incredible. I'm a big advocate for just like horror, like sci-fi of the bad like era, like, because that was set in the future, but I think it was set in like, not too long, maybe 97 or 2021. Something I remember it like the year when it, when we hit that year and it was like, oh, look, it's the year from, but I can't, but, uh, that being that it's like pushed into the future and there's no iPhones and like, that is like a thing that like, I think about sometimes because I really dislike seeing an, an iPhone in a movie. 
it takes me out of it. It feels like new horror movies is all, it's all about the phone. It's like, I'll get, get texture, you text a picture, all this kind of just takes me out of, I don't know, something about the old age, the old days, the old age. I like that aesthetic that like, I don't know, it just, it feels corny to me to use an iPhone in a movie. It just doesn't look cool. It's like somebody vaping as pertaining to smoking a cigarette. It's like a cigarette looks cool. Uh, Smoking a vape does not look cool at all. (laughs) Right. And also, I think smartphones just give you too many answers. Like in a horror movie or an action movie, if you don't have that technology, there are so many things that people have to figure out on their own or... You know, you can't just Google something. You can't just call for help, whatever. GPS. It's like, it's just everything is there. So it leaves a lot. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Cell phone's one thing, but like a, a smartphone is like a computer. You're just like, there's movies based completely around phones now, which I guess that's cool. But yeah, not my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I also, I get annoyed when like with the conventions, like the ways that people figure out how to eliminate phones. And it'll be like, there's a snowstorm and all of the power has gone out and there's no reception up here. Okay, now we've taken care of that. But I guess you got to do it some way. Um, Not every film can be set in 1980. Uh, Or I mean, this is supposed to be 1997. Um, But yeah, it's funny, again, thinking about that, that it's like a movie made a long time ago that was talking about a future that's also a long time ago um and i love the future from a long time ago that's what i like when they're like it's in the future and it's so weird like yeah what's the what's that really crazy movie uh i'm not gonna be able to think of the name of it but yeah forget it (laughs) i just want something that was in my head but i can't remember the name but it does the same thing pushes forward but it's wacky like not believable. Like when you get here, you're like, this is what they thought the future would like kind of resemble. Blade Runner was a great picture of it. It's very crazy. It's like, and that's, I think that's the one that happened recently. I think that was mm-hmm. like 2021 or something. Yeah. Yeah. No flying cars yet, but you know, a lot of this stuff, like I can remember seeing Blade Runner as a kid. And when Harrison Ford is like enhancing photos and zooming in on them, I'm like, Oh, imagine if you could do that. That would be so cool. It's like totally commonplace now. I guess some movies are a little bit better at predicting the future than others. Yeah, enhance. That's what he says, right? Yeah. Enhance. <laughs> yeah. I think they use that a lot in like CSI. Like, I think that's like a thing that they use in like the 90s in CSI to enhance. Enhance. Look, look there. Find the clue. Solve the crime. Oh, God. Also, John Carpenter now is like touring and playing his themes like live and doing like a live show with his son and like a full band, which is like, I mean, if I was ever to direct movies and do it, like, obviously, I don't think that's what I will do, but who knows? But uh, that's, I could see doing something in that vein, like where the music is very important important enough to where you can go on tour and play your music which is crazy like he plays movies behind him and they score the like little themes and stuff uh, i still haven't seen it but uh, i'm sure it's a pretty great magical thing i've had friends go that said it was really great yeah I, I love things like that i went to see um a screening of 2001 in london where 
there was a an orchestra playing the score alive and it was yeah super amazing and i can imagine the same thing i mean that's a, a a different level because it's the filmmaker it's the guy who wrote the music performing it for you live in front of the movie he made which is yeah pretty pretty mind-blowing you watched the whole film yeah yeah, yeah. my friend went to one that's home alone recently they did the whole orchestra <laughs> a little different but uh, that sounded yeah. cool in its own right too yeah the uh home alone score maybe is uh not quite as influential not but, what uh, we're talking about yeah, yeah. Who, exactly. who knows i but, shouldn't you know shit on anybody's uh, i have to revisit yeah. it you know see what's going on <laughs> i uh i think that is a lovely note to uh to finish on um thank you very much this has been really fun um i yeah, yeah. love talking about john carpenter so this is great yeah thanks for having me sure all right take care yeah, likewise bye bye that was so fun thanks to amtrak for giving me an excuse to talk about one of my favorite directors his new album extra time is out this friday and that's about it for this week i've got tons of exciting stuff coming up for you this year so get ready and stay tuned uh other than that enjoy your week and until next time bye big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Say big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.